This week we are celebrating Earth Day and 2023's theme is invest in our planet because we all truly have a role to play in doing just that. So who better to speak to than Rachel Shanker of Manatee Lagoon, which is FPNL's Eco Discovery Center. That's a free educational attraction located in Palm Beach County, where her role is really to educate the public about manatees, also how to protect this threatened species, and also different sustainable practices we can all put into place to protect the future of our planet. Our physical, mental, and emotional health is not just a want. It is a need for happy lives and prosperous businesses. Lift You Up is the podcast where we share inspiring health stories from business owners who are fulfilling their purpose to live their healthiest lives and helping you do the same. From former TV reporter to marketing entrepreneur and content creator, I care about sharing stories that matter and stories that connect us. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham, your health and wellness matchmaker. Well, today I am so excited to be joined by Rachel Shanker. She is the conservation liaison and educator at Manatee Lagoon. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Um, I'm excited for this conversation um, because I actually don't know too much about Manatee Lagoon and you're here in South Florida. I'm a little bit further south than you are up in Palm Beach, um, but I'm excited to learn more about what Manatee Lagoon is. So I think we can start there. Absolutely. So Manatee Lagoon is an FPL eco discovery center. We're a free family facility located in Riviera Beach, Florida, um, right on the border of West Palm Beach and Riviera Beach. So um, we are a free public facility and the kind of the whole reason we exist pretty much is because we're located right next to the uh, Florida Power and Light Next Generation Clean Energy Center, uh, which is a power plant. And they put out clean warm water during the power generation process. And that warm water draws in manatees in the winter months when the water temperatures drop. So when it gets really cold out and that water temperature gets nice and chilly, we see um, sometimes hundreds of manatees gathering. So we exist to educate the public all about these magnificent animals and their habitat and the ecosystem that they call home. Wow. Okay. So that that's cool. Explain the water to me again. So you pump out something like warm water and that attracts the manatees in. How does this yes. work? <laughs> so, uh, manatees cannot survive in cold water. So there's um, a myth or a misconception that's really common that manatees are uh, chubby or have a lot of fat. We see really cute, you know, items that go around that say save the chubby mermaids, but that's actually a misconception. So manatees have very little body fat. And um, if you think about other marine mammals or really any other animals, the more fat they have, the more blubber, the easier it is for them to stay warm. So since manatees don't have a lot of blubber and they have a very high metabolism, it's hard for them to uh, keep themselves warm. And so they need to seek out warm water refuges in the winter months when the temperatures drop. So manatee season is from November 15th through March 31st um, in Florida. But we really see peak manatees when we get those consistent cold fronts, which down here in South Florida seem to be less and less. So um, we 
didn't have too many manatees yesterday, which was, you know, mid-February. Um, it's all temperature dependent, but the power plant next door is um, a clean energy center and it takes in water from the Lake Worth Lagoon in its once through cooling process. So I myself am a biologist and educator in, um, you know, my background. So this engineering stuff, I understand it well enough to explain it, but I'm sure the folks at the power plants are, are thinking of how simplified it is when I talk about it. But essentially, um, they, it is a natural gas power plant, and it also uses steam that is produced in the um, power generation process to create even more energy. So you can create energy uh, from the energy in steam. And so they'll condense that steam back down to water and that generates even more energy. So it's a very efficient um, process and makes it even more green, more clean. And um, to do that, you have to condense that water. You have to cool it down or condense that steam back to water. You have to cool it down. Uh, so they will use water from the Lake Worth Lagoon in order to recondense that steam back into water. So the only thing that is changing is the temperature of the water. So it comes in the intake and helps cool off that steam and then comes back out up to 14 degrees warmer than when it came in. So that clean warm water outflow is uh, has become really important to manatees. So they estimate that about half the population or so of manatees in Florida now rely on power plant outflows for that warm water wow. during the winter. Wow, that is so cool. And I mean, this might sound like a silly question, but um, being that half the manatees in Florida rely on this, I mean, what were they doing before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before and what will they do next are, are uh, two big questions. So before humans were ever here, manatees evolved about 60 million years ago. Uh, so they've been here long before we ever had our power plants. So they would swim either south, where down in South Florida, very, you know, southern areas, it doesn't necessarily get cold enough um, for them to get sick. And so I don't even think I mentioned that peak temperature is 68 degrees Fahrenheit. So when the water temperature falls to 68 degrees Fahrenheit or below, that's when they can start getting sick from the cold. So they'll swim south or they'll swim up through canals um, and through the brackish water, that salt freshwater mix into freshwater springs as well. So Florida's freshwater springs were a huge place uh, for manatees to gather and they still are. So being that um, they really need to be in that 60 degree or warmer water uh, to avoid getting sick, where do most of the manatees in the world live? Yeah, so there are a few different species of manatee throughout the world. Um, there is the dugong, which is kind of like the cousin of the manatee. They have a tail like more like a dolphin rather than that rounded uh, paddle-like tail that our manatees have. And then there's also the Amazonian manatee, which just like the name suggests, lives in the Amazon. They're the only exclusively freshwater species of manatee. There's also the West African manatee that again, scientists are so creative, is found in Western Africa. Um, and they swim in salt and brackish water as well. And then there is, our manatee is the, uh, the West 
Indian manatee. So there's two subspecies. So we've got the West Indian manatee, which is a larger group. And then you can break that down even further into the Florida manatee, which is our species that's found, of course, in Florida, but they will sometimes travel up into the Carolinas. They've been seen as far west as Texas and as far north as Massachusetts, but it's not common. Most of them stick around Florida year round, but we do get those outliers that take a little trip. And then the second subspecies of the West Indian manatee is the Antillian manatee. And they're found throughout the Caribbean and uh, northern parts of South America. Oh, awesome. Now, are what is like the status of, of manatees today? Are they an endangered species? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, they are a protected species. Right now, they're categorized okay. as threatened. So that's kind of uh, a step down from endangered. They were downlisted in, I believe, 2017 because their populations were increasing and things were looking good. So that that downlisting, it doesn't take away any of their protections. It's just kind of an indicator that what <clears throat> we're doing is working and we should you know, continue these protections. So you still cannot harass a manatee. You cannot um, chase them. You cannot feed them or give them fresh water. So that's something people love to tell us about how cute it was when they you know, were washing their boat and the manatee was trying to drink from the hose. But it's, it's really important to let these wild animals stay wild. And if you think about when you're feeding them or giving them water, which is a federal offense, so please never do it. But if you think about where you would be in that case, you're usually by a marina, by a dock, or by somewhere where boats are. So we do not want manatees to associate those areas with food and water or even people mm. with food and water because that puts them in harm's way and it changes their natural behavior. Um, so please don't feed or water the manatees. Uh, they are a threatened species, so they're protected under the Endangered Species Act, as well as the Marine Mammal Protection Act. Um, so love them from a distance. They're very curious if you're ever lucky enough to be in the water and one approaches you, uh, you know, keep your hands to yourself and just enjoy the experience. They're very calm animals. They're very big. So the average manatee is going to be about 10 feet long and over a thousand pounds. So, you know, wow. they, they're not... Um, malicious animals. They don't predate anything. They don't hunt, but they're big. So just in and of itself, that could pose a threat um, just in case they, you know, get spooked and swim. But if you ever do find yourself with one in the water, it's a really amazing experience. Just keep your hands to yourself and, you know, observe it and, and enjoy the experience really. Yeah, no, the, and that's great information because I feel like a lot of us here in South Florida do know that, you know, touching them and anything like that is a federal offense, but we have a lot of new visitors. People may not know that. So it's always like a great reminder. So can you talk a little bit more about the importance of really protecting these threatened species and their role really in our ecosystem? Yeah, so uh, protecting them is is one of our favorite things to talk about at Manatee Lagoon. Uh, we have so many programs that talk about the different ways that you can protect manatees and, and all about them, kind of like what we're doing here right now. And some of the best ways to protect them, if you are lucky enough to own a boat, the um, leading human-related cause of manatee mortality or manatee deaths are related to boat strikes or being hit by boats. So... <clears throat> slowing down, obeying all boating speed limits and, you know, no wake zones and wearing polarized sunglasses is a very simple one that can help as well. 
it really helps you cut through the glare and see what's under the water. Uh, so you can watch out for manatees, sea turtles, and anything else in the water. Um, and you can also post a lookout on your boat. So if you have enough people uh, with you on the boat, you can have one person near the front that keeps an eye out for any marine life. And, you know, if you see them, please slow down and you can even stop and idle your engine until you know that they've passed. So safe boating is important for all marine life, especially manatees. Um, you can also make sure to a, a big one that we always talk about is reduce, reuse, recycle. So it's, you know, always out there. Everyone talks about it, but it's it's out there for a reason. So recycling, making sure you dispose of your trash properly, especially if you are a fisherman or a fisherwoman, um, <clears throat> getting rid of that fishing line in a in a responsible way. And um, they mm -hmm. also have reduce, reuse, recycle, and now refuse as well as one of my favorites. So that kind of means just don't take those one use items in the first place. So bring a reusable water bottle with you wherever you go. Highly recommend the metal ones that hold ice all day long, especially for someone outside in the heat a lot like myself. Um, and of course, donating to organizations that directly help um, rescue and rehabilitate these animals is another really great thing that everyone can do. Awesome. So I definitely want to spend some more time talking about how we can protect our earth, pr protect marine life, um, because I know we kind of dove in right at the beginning of this conversation. But um, at the time of this episode airing, we're just heading into Earth Day, um, which is a great time and reminder. I mean, we should certainly be thinking about how we can protect our earth all year long, but it's definitely a great reminder to kind of double down on sharing some of those messages. But before we go a little bit more into that, I want to ask you more about you and your background, because already we can see how knowledgeable you are in this topic and about marine life. So tell me a little bit more about you and, and how you, I mean, I guess decided to study, was it marine biology and pursue this path? <laughs> I grew up here in South Florida, not too far from Manatee Lagoon. So marine biology was really an obvious path for myself. I always found the beach and the ocean fascinating and wanted to learn as much as I could about it. So I did um, go to Florida Atlantic University and get my undergraduate degree in biology. And that's how I came upon Manatee Lagoon as well. So Manatee Lagoon has a partnership with Florida Atlantic University where all of our educational docents, those uh, folks who run our programming, our day-to-day -day programming, are all FAU students at some point in their schooling. So anywhere from undergraduates all the way up through PhD candidates work for us uh, part-time. It's an actual part-time job. It's not an internship. Um, you get, you know, pay and benefits. So it's a great position. And that's how I started. So I started as a manatee master at Manatee Lagoon, running our day-to-day -day educational programs, uh, doing field trips and tours and summer camps, and loved it so much. Uh, I continued my schooling at Florida Atlantic University and went on to get a master's in biology and teaching. I always thought I was going to do research and, you know, be the one out there doing this data collection on these manatees uh, and then was surprised when I completely fell in love with the education side of things. So while I mm -hmm. still love research, uh, teaching the public all about what these amazing scientists are doing is one of my favorite aspects as well. So I uh, switched to biology and teaching, got that master's degree, and then was fortunate enough mm -hmm. to 
we had a full-time position at Manatee Lagoon once I graduated, which is my current job as a conservation liaison and educator. So my job now is to um, run our programming and help come up with the programs that we're going to uh, give to the public and kind of help run the day to day and organize those wonderful Manatee Masters. And then I also have a really unique hybrid position. So day to day, I'm at Manatee Lagoon, making sure education and outreach is going smoothly. And then I work directly with Florida Fish and Wildlife so that if they need an extra set of hands, they give me a call and kind of, in a sense, on call for them. And I'll be able to go assist them with manatee rescues, manatee releases, or um, even just if somebody calls and thinks they see an injured manatee, I can help them check that out and see if that manatee needs rescuing. That's awesome. And that was something I definitely wanted to ask you about is that piece um, and still being able to, to be on hand um, or hands-on with those rescues. Now you get, you also gave me a good idea there. I'm like manatee master. What a great name that is. <laughs> yes. I really miss having that as my job title. Honestly, I'm so grateful to have a full-time job and be able to be in the field and teaching, but, um, conservation liaison and educator is quite a mouthful. Manatee master <laughs> just sounds so much cooler. <laughs> it does. Um, no, but obviously your role is, is, is cool and very important as well. So tell me about that when you do get the, that call for either rescuing injured manatees or releasing them, um, I guess any insight you can give into what that entails. Yeah. So, um, we can kind of start from, I guess, square one. If you ever do see an potentially injured or sick manatee, you can call Florida Fish and Wildlife. That phone number is 888-404-3922 or 888-404-FWCC. Makes it easier to remember. Um, and that call will go to essentially like a dispatch and they'll patch that through to one of the wildlife biologists there, one of those manatee biologists. And so we would respond and go check it out because manatees uh, sleep a lot, anywhere between two and 12 hours a day, and they can oh, hold wow. their breath for up to about 20 minutes when they're resting. So if you maybe are not familiar with manatees and you see this animal that's been floating for 15 minutes at the surface and hasn't moved, it's completely normal to think that maybe it needs some help. Uh, so a lot of times the calls will just be resting manatees that are sleeping at the surface. And so we'll go check it out and see, is it just a sleeping manatee or does that animal need help? So if they have um, scars, those will usually be white. So a lot of people will see mm. those white markings on their back. Those are boat scars. And if they're healed over, they're very um, clean and light in color. If they look pink or red, then they could be fresh and that individual might need help. Also, if they're breathing really rapidly. So if they're sticking their nose up to take a breath um, really often, remember they can hold their breath for up to 20 minutes. They usually breathe every two to five. So if they're breathing every minute or less, that could be an indication that that animal needs help as well. So if we get there mm -hmm. and that animal needs help, um, then we will rescue it. So that's usually the point when they give me a call because again, these animals are huge. So if you have a 10 foot long thousand pound animal that needs help, it's going to take more than just two people to rescue it. So they literally just need extra hands, extra bodies and muscle to help rescue it. Um, so it could be a land-based rescue if the animal's in shallow water close to land, um, or it, usually the ones that I assist with are by boat. So they have a special boat 
where the engine is towards the center, that outboard engine is near the center of the boat rather than on the back, like you see with most, so mm -hmm. that um, you can take the back of the boat right off and then it becomes essentially a ramp into the water. So then you can use a net with floats on the top and sinkers on the bottom to surround that manatee and pull it up onto the boat. And once it's up on the boat, the biologist will start to assess it, see what's wrong. They'll put it on um, a truck. Once we get to the boat ramp, we'll put it on like a sheet. It's this big blue tarp and you kind of work together. The lead biologist will go one, two, three, pull and everyone pulls at the same time to get this big animal onto a hydraulic lift at the back of a big box truck. And that will lift the animal, will shift it into the boat and it will drive to one of the uh, rehabilitation centers in Florida. So right now there are three critical care facilities um, in Florida, including the Jacksonville Zoo, Zoo Tampa, and SeaWorld Orlando. So it will be driven to one of those facilities, um, assessed. If it's critical care, it'll be at one of those. If it maybe just needs a little extra help, there are other facilities around Florida that are part of the um, Manatee Rescue Partnership. And uh, it will be rehabilitated and released back into the wild once it's healthy in the general same area that it was captured or um, rescued in. You did also mention those releases. So I guess that's where you may also come in and assist with those once the, the animal is healthy again and able to go back into the wild. You assist with releasing them in that similar area. Absolutely. And those are really heartwarming. So it's it's very gratifying to be a part of those rescues, but the releases are, are so great to see. And um, sometimes they'll be public at a public boat ramp or a public area where um, anyone can come and watch this animal be released. So kind of the opposite process. We usually try and do them or they usually try and do them at a boat ramp or somewhere where they can just slip that animal back into the water. Um, sometimes they're by boat, especially if at, they're being released at Manatee Lagoon. We don't really have uh, an area or a boat ramp for them to slide into the water on. So we will use boats um, and do that whole process backwards. But yeah, those releases are fantastic. They'll take some more photos of the individual and um, they'll take its weight, its measurements and different data collection. Sometimes they'll even tag them. So they have these, they look large to us, uh, but one of our manatee masters is an engineer and he actually did the calculations and the weight of a manatee tag to a manatee is about the same as having your phone and wallet and keys in your pocket. So they look very large. Uh, if you've ever seen one, it kind of has the shape of a, a two liter soda bottle. So sometimes okay. people on our cameras will see one bobbing in the water and, and give us a call and say there's a manatee with a Coke bottle stuck to its tail. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it's actually a tag. So researchers will sometimes put those on them to follow them after they've been released and ensure they're doing well. Oh my goodness. That's so cool. And I, I love to hear like the passion that you have for it, because like you said, it seems heartwarming. You're doing something good for this species and also able to better educate the public. So I want to switch gears to talking a little bit more about our role, all of us collectively, when it comes to making this earth a sustainable place to live. You, I love what you mentioned around reduce, reuse, recycle, or refuse. I think that's such a great point. So what are, you know, this week as we, you know, kind of celebrate Earth Day and, and the different things we can do to protect our planet, 
um, marine life, et cetera. What are some of the things that are key that all of us can do and should do in our day-to-day lives? Yeah. So one of my favorites is definitely um, educate. (laughs) So I know we try and do that every day at Manatee Lagoon. Um, And it might seem kind of like an easy out, but it really is so important to educate everyone. Some people truly just don't know these things. If it's not your background, um, then you may not be aware of some of the impacts that various uh, environmental problems can have. Um, So Mm -hmm. teaching everyone that you know uh, all about the things that they can do or the impacts that they can have is a really important one. Uh, You know, we, my friends might listen to me a little bit more than some strangers might. So you do have uh, power and you do have an impact uh, for those in your own life. They're going to be more likely to listen to you than just someone on the radio or someone on TV. Um, So teach your friends (laughs) all about what you learn. Uh, yeah, reduce, reuse, recycle, refuse, um, use as much reusable uh, materials as you can is a really great one. So, you know, plastic pollution is a very large problem for all marine life. Manatees can ingest various um, debris and plastic, and it can cause them a lot of problems. It can make them very sick. And also entanglement is another one. So they can get tangled up in ropes and um, fishing line and different um, fish collection items and things like that. So it's it's important to dispose of trash properly. Um, And sustainable seafood is another one. I know as a local Floridian, I love my seafood, but uh, you can do a little bit of research to make sure that the seafood you're eating is sustainable since that directly impacts marine life. What does sustainable seafood mean? And if we're going to do research, what, what should we look for? Yeah, so there's uh, different organizations that do um, kind of categorize how sustainable seafood is. Um, I think it's called Sea Watch uh, by the Monterey Bay Aquarium. They're a really great resource. And you want to look for um, fish that are, or seafood in general, that uh, their populations are healthy. So that's a really mm-hmm. great resource um, to check for those kinds of things. You want to make sure that the seafood you're eating If you can, of course, not everyone can eat local seafood, Um, but if you're able to, if you are listening in Florida, locally caught is always going to be the best Um, locally sourced produce as well. I know we're switching gears a little bit, but locally sourced is always going to be great because it helps reduce emissions in terms of transportation. I am all for things that we need to do to protect our earth because, I mean, we've certainly all heard the discussions around climate change and we, we, you know, we need to act fast, right? But I think there are, we all have a collective part to play in how we, like you said, using reusable items and, and seeing, you know, doing our own research on sustainable practices. Um, but what about those who, because I've heard this and come up in other conversations before where it's like, okay, well, my part, like I'm just one person, right? I'm not going to make a difference in what I do or using, um, you know, certain light bulbs of that, like do, making those little changes, right? Like I'm just one. So I'm not going to change the trajectory of what's going to happen on this planet. So what would you say to somebody who says that? I would say that's not true. (laughs) Build yourself up. Every single one of us can make a difference. So at Manatee Lagoon, we have those, um, I think a good example of this is those refillable water bottle stations that count the number of bottles that um, each time you use it and it fills one, it counts how many bottles have been 
avoided um, being purchased or ending up in a landfill. And uh, our operations team resets those. So I don't know overall in the past so many years how many, but I know that we have, uh, you know, in the last few months or so, we've saved hundreds of water bottles from ending up in the landfill. And that's not any corporation changing. That's just the individuals that visit our facility that bring their reusable water bottles. So every single one of them is diverting some of that plastic from even being used in the first place. So everyone can reduce what they use and, you know, think of how many people are on this planet. If everyone bought a reusable water bottle, I keep using that example, but I've got one right next to me. So I'm looking at it. Um, how many bottles would be saved from being produced or ending up in a landfill or ending up in our waterways. So everyone can make a difference. Yeah, no, absolutely. And what's your overall goal? I'm kind of switching back to to Manatee Lagoon. When visitors come there to visit, I love that this is, um, you know, a free facility for people to check out and learn. Um, what's really your goal for those who are attending to walk away with? Yeah, so our mission is to uh, really to inspire everyone that visits, inspire our communities to want to conserve and protect Florida's wildlife uh, for future generations. So our goal is to inspire everyone, to educate them, and to hopefully have them leave with a sense that they can make a difference and with more knowledge than they arrived with. So like I mentioned before, um, education is really important. So the more you know, the easier it is to make changes. And that goes back to these manatees as well. The more we know about them, the easier it will be to save them. How are you spending Earth Day? I mean, I feel like you probably live a very... Um um earth and you know sustainable focused life but is there anything you like to do during this time of the year or this month <laughs> yeah so um i i love doing outreach that's a big one that we do for earth day we get a lot of outreach requests so we have a a couple schools that we'll be going to um i know i'll be going to university to give a talk about manatees and conservation uh, so that's one of my favorite ways <laughs> to spend Earth Day is to to get out there and teach everyone all about our environment and what they can do to help. And I always like to ask everyone who comes on this show either a health tip, uh, like a health and wellness tip. It, it could be totally around some of the things that we talked about today, but something that you really practice in your day-to-day -day life that makes you feel good um, or you show up as your best self. Yeah, so... Um... Since I've been talking about water bottles all day, I'll just remind everyone <laughs> to uh, take a sip of water, stay hydrated. But I think the one that I'd really like to choose is to get out in nature if it's a, at all accessible mm. to you. Um, so taking a moment, even just a few minutes of your day to get outside um, in an area with some, some green or some blue, um, either if you are local and have access to a beach, take a walk on the beach or a local park. And being out in nature can, can really help you um, reduce stress and increase creativity as well. So get out into nature, even if it's just for a few minutes, if it's accessible to you. Yeah. And especially in South Florida, this time of year, the beauty of us being in this area is that we have beautiful weather all year round and we are able to spend some of that time, like you said, if it's accessible to you. Awesome. Yeah. And if, uh, if you're local, then get outside by coming to Manatee Lagoon and take a look at our, our beautiful waterway, hopefully catch a glimpse of some manatees. But even when there's not manatees present, we're located right on the intercoastal waterway and we see all sorts of marine life from sea turtles to stingrays, of course, to manatees, barracuda, 
Um, we see all sharks, all sorts of marine life. So it's a great place. Um, if you, if you don't live in an area where you can get to the beach, um, come check us out at our free facility and come stare at the beautiful water for a little bit. Awesome. I love that. And it sounds like the best time to, um, see manatees at Manatee Lagoon would be when the temperatures are cooler or the, like the best potential opportunity to see manatees so i would say after a few days of consistent cold so that's a really common misconception as well is uh you know here in florida we can have a cold front where the air temperature drops overnight you wake up it's nice and chilly but that air that water temperature hasn't dropped yet so we get tons of people that come rushing in to see the manatees but the water temperature is still kind of warm so after a few consecutive days of cold temperatures that drops the water temperature um, that's the best time to see them. And we do have two live um, 24 hour streaming manatee cameras on our website. So visit manateelagoon.com and click that manatee cam tab. One of them is above water and it points down at that outflow area. So it's a really great way to see if there's any manatees present before you head over. And the other one is an underwater camera. So that one's one of our favorites. I like to have it on just an extra screen in the background um, to see all the different (laughs) fish that are swimming around. So you can check out those cameras as well to see if there's any manatees present. That is so cool. We'll make sure to link to that below too. You can, from wherever you are, you can check out the manatee cam. Yeah, that's awesome. I want to make sure I ask you how people can learn more about Manatee Lagoon. Um, You know, so tell us about the website, social media, all those things. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Manatee Lagoon. Um, That website again is visitmanateelagoon.com. And uh, it'll tell you everything that we offer, which includes our public tours every day at two o'clock, where we walk you through the facility and teach you all about manatees you kind of got a little sneak peek of it today during this podcast but there's so much that I didn't even get to talk about so we do public tours we do private tours uh, we do school group field trips and then of course in the summer months when there's no school we do summer camp visits Uh, we also even have yoga so that's kind of a an oddball one for an eco discovery center but it's it's a huge favorite. So we do yoga on our waterfront Tuesday and Thursday afternoons at 5.45 and Saturday mornings oh, at 8 a.m. Uh, and nice. you kind of get to do, you know, yoga right on the waterfront and sometimes some manatees come by. So it's a really great program. What do you love most about manatees personally? Oh, that's such a tough question. <laughs> Probably... They're squeaks. So when uh, you look at this, these large bulky animals um, with those thick bones and those large intestines and, and you know, digestive tracts, so thousand pounds, 10 feet long, and then you hear them make a noise. Um, they, they have a very high frequency uh, call that they'll use to communicate and it really is so squeaky. So you look at this big bulky animal and expect some sort of whale call from them. And it almost sounds like an even more high-pitched dolphin. (laughs) So that's probably one of my favorites, uh, breaking those misconceptions. (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. Well, this has been a really awesome conversation. I've learned so much about manatees, about different things we can all do um, to help protect them, other marine life, and just our planet in general, which I think is so, so important. Before we go, Rachel, is there anything else that you wanted to add that I didn't ask you? 
Um, I think I touched on it all. I, I you know, <laughs> check out our website and try and remember that FWC number if you ever see a sick or injured manatee. But of course, you can Google it too. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for having me today. This was so much fun. Oh, it was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, and thank you. And hopefully I'll be up there to visit you guys soon. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I'd like to end on. Please, everyone, come on over and check it out. Even if there's no manatees, we've got so much to see uh, in our exhibit area and outside as well. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Rachel. And happy Earth Day. <laughs> yes, happy Earth Day, everyone. I hope you learned just as much about manatees as I did. Rachel is truly a wealth of information when it comes to them, marine life, and also saving our planet, which is so important and should be a top priority during Earth Day this week, but also all year round. So make sure you go below in the show notes, learn more about Manatee Lagoon, how you can visit that location, which is actually totally free to our community. And hey, if you are not in South Florida and you want to check out the manatees and different marine life swimming around in their lagoon you can also go below find their website and check out that manatee cam which is pretty awesome and hey i'd love it if you also connect with me i'm all the places so you can find me on linkedin so hit subscribe on youtube to our youtube channel instagram facebook also twitter because you know what we come back with new episodes of this podcast every other week i'd hate for you to miss out so until i see you back in two weeks because i know i'll see you then stay happy stay healthy